Welcome to the Carlos Ortega Podcast. I'm Carlos Ortega. My guest for this podcast is Jay Mixon Dixon. And before we get to Jay Mixon Dixon, I didn't properly introduce Jay. So with that, we did get to the show. We got into the show. We're going to pick up our conversation as he was on the verge of working on iSoulRadio.com. My conversation with Jay Mixon Dixon. You know, upgrades are needed. Uh, otherwise, uh, things will start to happen like the songs will skip. I've gotten calls in the middle of the night. Hey, the station's off the air or hey, the song is skipping. So <clears throat> it's a constant process just, um, you know, staying on top of things so that technically uh, we're delivering the music and we're doing what we're supposed to do. I've made those calls to you at times and handed you. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. How did um, ISO Radio get started? I know that when 98.7 KISS got off the air, there was a little void musically around the New York tri-state area. So how did that get started? Well, backing up to um, 98.7 KISS, when we were, you know, I I could go back to when KISS signed on the air. Uh, We can even go back further um, to when WBLS signed on the air. Um, or when there were AM stations, WWRL, all of those um, outlets in New York led up to what ISOL Radio is today. Because think about it, we have Vi Higginson, we have Ken Webb, we have Chris Welch, we have Johnny Allen, um, Diana King, Ruben Toro. There's a lot of people on the radio station. Um, I, I wasn't um, part of New York Radio until 1988, but you know, with, with ISOL, there's a lot of um, music and personalities that reflect the history of New York radio. So when ISO Radio launched, that was its purpose, is to preserve the history of New York radio. Um, And so when you say that there was a void, there's really not a void. I mean, WBLS does a fantastic job and is still, you know, the... um, highest rated, one of the highest rated radio stations in, in New York, you know, here it is 2020 and WBLS sounds like a great version of what we expect WBLS to sound like in 2020. So when you have records uh, that used to be played on AM radio uh, or on WBLS during the Frankie Crocker days or uh, 987 Kiss during the uh, Chris Welch days and um, or, or even when it was classic soul and today's R&B during the 90s and 2000s, um, some of those records um, don't uh, play as often and some of them don't play at all on uh, WBLS or any radio station. And we can even see um, radio stations like CBS FM uh, has evolved from a, uh, an oldies radio station to what they call adult hits, where it's, it, there are more songs from the 80s as opposed to the 70s. And, and that's just uh, a natural transition for any radio station uh, in order to uh, be competitive in today's radio environment and get ratings. Um, for ISO, we're not competing for ratings. Um, we are more of a cultural statement um, so that when people hear the radio station, it really takes them back to what uh, New York radio used to sound like. So, for example, um, there was a group in New York, or still is a group in New York called Touch of Class, made a record called I'm in Heaven, or um, Ultra High Frequency, We're on the Right Track, where records that I actually still have on 45s, Evelyn King, I don't know if it's right, songs from the 70s that we still play, and they sound great to those who grew up on New York radio. And... Um, you know, so that that was the purpose for why ISOL Radio was launched is, is to to preserve those those songs so that if, if people ever want to go back in time and feel like you know like as one lady says in one of the uh, the announcements on the station, it's like wow, reminds me when East New York had houses. You know, it takes you back to a time and place where. Um, you know, it felt good for a lot of people. So that was, uh, you know, the, the, the launch of ISOL Radio. Um, and just as a, a side note, and I have never really shared this before, but the name ISOL <clears throat> came from uh, one afternoon I was driving around uh, with my daughter 
and listening to 1010 Wins and a commercial came on, um, iFurniture.com or something like that. You can buy your furniture online, iFurniture.com. I said to my daughter, I said, oh, that's it. That's the name, iSoul Radio. Just call it Soul Radio with an I in front of it, and that'll work. So when I went to get the um, the, the website registered, iSoul Radio was already taken by some company over in, uh, I think, Australia or somewhere. And when we first launched, we were i-Soul Radio because that's all I could get. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> The radio station went off the air <clears throat> between 2014 uh, uh, and 2017 while I was working at Hot 97. And one of the reasons why I felt compelled to relaunch the station, almost like as if it were a sign from God. In 2017, I get an email from the company that um, um, reserves my domain names. And they sent me an email saying, hey, we know that you've been waiting for iSoul Radio. It's finally available. And I was like, well, what does it cost me? Because before I had to bid on that that um, domain name, uh, like thousands of dollars. And they were like, hey, man, it's, it's available. They're not, there's no bid for it. And I was like, get the heck out of there. So I think within like 48 hours, I got the domain name and put the radio station back on the air. And Carlos, you were part of the radio station when it first launched back in, uh, 2012. Yes. So it's yes, been on the air for eight years. Yeah. And, and uh, you were doing overnights from three until uh, so like six in the morning. And you were also uh, came back to the radio station and do a phenomenal job with the Sunday morning show, playing those smooth sounds right after uh, Ken Webb. Thank you. So thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. So the board of not having Kiss didn't really affect your decision then. Oh, well, of course it did, because, um, well, you know, it, it gave me the opportunity to spend time putting the radio station together. It was a full-time job when it first launched. So, yes, um, KISS going away uh, was uh, a big part of it. If KISS was still around, um, it would, uh, I, you know, it would sound a lot like what ISIL radio sounds like today. So, yes, that, that is a, a big part of it. But it, it was also my um, desire to eventually have my own radio station because um, KISS was doing very well at the time that it, it went away. As a matter of fact, some people don't know that KISS <clears throat> in the ratings had actually moved ahead of WBLS at the time that it went off the air. One really? of the secret. Wow. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. One of the. Um, and I had a, 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 a conversation with the uh, the general manager uh, at WBLS at the time, asking, you know, well, well what was the the secret to uh, Kiss uh, performing so well? And I didn't, I did not know this. And he pointed it out to me. He says, "Do you know that the um, African American composition of the radio station had actually went down, and the Hispanic composition went up?" Now, that was not intentional, but in ratings, you know, um, we have to look at the ethnic, what they call the ethnic, ethnic composition of a radio station, because um, for some radio stations, if their ethnic composition is, you know, with one part too high or too low, their ratings aren't, aren't as competitive. So now, before this gets into a racial discussion, I'll share with people that are listening that WBLS back in the day played when Frankie Crocker was there, a lot of songs <clears throat> that appealed to a broad base of people, even though it was a black owned company, they played Rod Stewart. They played, uh, you know, Frank Sinatra. They played a lot of crossover records and, and that may have been one of the reasons, although I don't have the facts in front of me. The may Rolling have been Stones one of the reasons. also. They the Rolling Stones, the- right. They play so a that lot may have of been records one of the that appeal to everybody. Right. And that may have been one of the reasons why WPLS was so high in the ratings for so long until KTU came along, which KTU was a Hispanic version of WBLS. Mm-hmm. And their audience was more Hispanic leaning. And then 98.7 Kiss, when it first came on the air, it was one of the few radio stations that had an even balance of black, white, and Hispanic. Really? So... 
Yes, really. And a lot of people don't know this, but if you think about the songs that we play, take, for example, the Prelude Records songs that we play or the West End Records the songs that we play, uh, New York City Peach Boys, Don't Make Me Wait, mm-hmm. um, Tana Gardner, Heartbeat, um, uh, Sharon Red, Can You Handle It? A lot of those records were uh, broke out of the nightclubs in New York back in the day. Uh, especially the Paradise Garage. Now, I've never been to the Paradise Garage, but I can tell you one thing. There were not just black people patronizing the Paradise Garage. There were black, white, and Hispanics, and that was the sound of New York and and something that 98.7 KISS uh, had as, as part of its formula before the station went away. And it wasn't intentional. It was just that based on the research information that I had, those were the records to play. So, for example, when we did a house music weekend on 98.7 Kiss, the ratings went through the roof. And I remember looking at the ratings and seeing at the moment that we played Work It to the Bone at 12 noon on a Saturday, the, the, the ratings were like phenomenal because it was almost as if the whole, all of New York City was listening to... 98.7 KISS for a house music weekend. It makes sense, but radio stations at that time um, didn't really do that. And I was really taking a chance putting those uh, those theme, those types of themes on the radio station. So, you know, because my background in, in DJing, I, I knew what those records were to, uh, or I, I'll say that I had a, a, an idea of what those records were to play. Fred Bugs was my uh, uh, assistant program director. Felix Fernandez was also on the radio station. Uh, Shayla was my music director. And we collaborated and talked about records all the time that were New York records. And that was part of the, the, the magical mix that made 98.7 Kiss win in the ratings before it went away. Um, You take even a song like um, um, Jane Child, I Don't Fall in Love, which was a big record on Kiss back in the 90s. But that that version of that song, that Teddy Riley remix, it may not have played in a lot of other cities. But I know for a fact, because I was working at 98.7 Kiss at the time, that was a huge record. And playing that as part of our... 90s weekend that we did on Kiss, people got it. They heard that, you know, Jane Child, I don't want to fall in love, mm-hmm. or uh, Shantae Savage, bet you'll never find mm-hmm. another. And that specific mix, Vinnie Brown was the PD at Kiss back in the day. Those records spoke to New York. Jeff Red, you called and told me. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was like one of the only radio stations that even played Jeff Red, you called and told me. And mm-hmm. Vinnie was... Um, you know, brilliant enough as a program director to put those uh, records on the air. And and when we uh, when I came to New York in in twenty uh, was it twenty twelve and program Kiss, it was only ten months. The ratings went from like twenty second place to like fifth place mm-hmm. because we put a whole you know whole bunch of records on there that just spoke to New York City and said, "Hey, this is what New York sounds like." Um, and, 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 and here's the other interesting thing. It wasn't necessarily the hip hop sound of New York. It was the R&B and dance sound of New York because there's um, programmers or, or DJs that may think that, um, you know, there, there's more hip hop in the mix when you start playing, you know, throwback records. But if you play something like, you know, something like Funk Flex gets this. I I was listening to him the other night. He was playing Dance by Earth People, and I just kind of laughed. You know, he's like, yeah, you know, uh, he was was playing like a Jersey set of house music. Dance by Earth People also was part of the mix of music that I played on 98.7 Kiss when I was programming it. Some DJs would not even know what that record was because it barely had a label on the record. Unless you look at the label and you knew what that record was, you would have no idea what that record was. And it would never find its way into a radio station. A program director would hear the record and say, what is this noise? And it wouldn't get any uh, play on, on the radio station. Now, I'm not mentioning any specific program directors, but you know, uh, you know, for some 
people who are, are, are in programming, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm programming here in Philadelphia now. I mean, I go through this too. Um, there's records that are big in some cities and records that are big here in Philadelphia. I had never heard before. I had never heard before. So you, you got to listen to the people who know the music in that city and, and take chances on the, on the right record. There's a record here, a rap record they play in Philly called Mike Stro. I had never heard this record before. And they throw it on here in the clubs in Philly and they go crazy for it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's just like 98.7 Kiss. Maybe there were uh, people uh, that program, you know, radio stations. Like I know there's that 103.9 station out in Westchester. And when uh, Mr. C and some of the other New York DJs were on there, they, um, you know, they made an impact uh in, in new york uh for, for a little bit on the weekends because you know people related to the djs that were on the radio station but if you have radio stations that feed music from outside of new york it comes on a satellite or something like that it, it's unlikely that it'll make a connection to people and, and it sounds foreign so what i created with with, with kiss and or i shouldn't say shouldn't say i created what me and my team created sitting there working with Felix Fernandez, working with Shayla, Bugsy, all the DJs that were on the station, Ed Lover would even, you know, come in and, and, and make suggestions. He did a Friday night show and, and playing Over Like a Fat Rat by Fonda Ray, Friday night, nine o'clock on Kiss. It made sense in New York. So that's where the radio station started pulling ahead in the ratings. When I created ISOL, that was what I said. It's, you know, these records have value in the city. I know they do. We're going to play the Shantae Savage. We're going to play Crystal Waters. We're going to play the dancehall reggae records made famous by Sting and David uh, Levy and Sting International when they did the reggae show on Kiss and broke the Shabba Ranks and, and uh, Deborah Glasgow and Friday and Colonel Might and, and Terra Fabulous. I witnessed all that at Kiss. That's another story. You remind me to tell you that, too, because, I mean, there's so many stories about how I've seen, and, again, this is my perspective on how um, I've seen the 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 dance hall, the R and B, and the the um, the dance music, the R and B dance music, the R and B R and B, and the R and B dance hall music evolve in New York. Now that doesn't mean that I wasn't, you know, following, um, you know, what was moving on the hip hop side, but because. Chuck Chill Out, Mr. Magic, Red Alert, Flex, you know, there were so many, you know, hip hop DJs that were doing a phenomenal job with, with breaking those records and moving that whole culture forward. You know, um, what I chose to do was was find something different, go out to Club Zanzibar uh, and, and find records that that, you know, I thought could play on Kiss and bring them to Vinnie Brown back in the day and and. You know, and I'll never forget when um, the first time I, I brought uh, Crystal Waters to Vinny uh, and, you know, Crystal Waters singing la-da-dee-da-da-da. -da -da. I'll never ex forget the expression on his face when he was looking at me as if I had been smoking crack <laughs> and that record was just going. And it was a record. It was going around on a turntable in his office and she was just going la-da-dee-da-da-da, la-da-dee-da-da-da. And, you know, it was like, it was a strange time. It was like, Vinny, this record has got a, a vibe about it. And he took a chance and he put it on the air. He, he you know, so watching things like that uh, happen. And then when you hear these records, like 30 years later, you know, the story behind them. And that's the thing with music, Carlos, and, and why, you know, whether or not Kiss went away, I, I probably would have still put uh, I Soul on the air uh, because the stories behind these records, and we have thousands of records on ISOL, the stories behind the records, that that's what makes it so cool in, in what we do, that, uh, you know, people who listen to the station, even if they're competing stations, they'll listen to us and they'll say right away, we can't do that. We cannot do what they're doing. And it's a great thing because you have to have lived those songs in order to get it and every song on iso radio tells a story about the new york radio and music and clubs and djs and radio personalities that nobody else can really uh match that that kind of vibe at all you mentioned music and you can hear it from one area of the of the country when i was in florida 22 years ago I was hearing a song. It had a, you know, Luther Vandross mix of Never Too Much. Right. That I never heard 
played in New York or any of the tri-state radio stations. I'm like, I never heard this before. I'm like, I'm singing never too much, but I'm, right? I'm, 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 but I'm feeling this song. I just never heard of it. And it goes to your point about you introducing a song, getting a vibe, playing it on the radio, and let the people decide that if it's a hit or not. Yeah, absolutely. And and you can, you know, as a side note, every city has that. Um, I had the, the, the blessing of working in different uh, radio markets um, like Detroit during the 80s. And there were a lot of big records in Detroit that never made it to New York. Supersonic, J.J. Fad. Um, I've worked in um, Atlanta. And there were records in uh, Atlanta during the 2000s that really never, uh, you know, made it up to New York. Melage, Trickin' If You Got It. Um, it you know, there were records... Uh, here in Philly, you know, working here in Philly, um, you know, there's um, Say You Love Me Girl by Breakwater, you know, big record here, but, you know, would never really play in uh, New York. Now, I'm going to tell you something deep. There are records here. Yeah, no, there are records in New York that are big New York records that were made in Philadelphia that really don't get played in Philadelphia. <laughs> So if, if you took My Love is Free and 10% and the people that I've asked in Philadelphia about double exposure, they remember 10%, but not My Love is Free. I remember sitting with one of my DJs one time, this is really going to bug you out, and talking about Love is the Message by MFSB and how big that record is in New York. They don't really play that in Philadelphia. Wow, really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, unbelievable. Really. Yeah, so so you know, and and it's because every radio, every city had its radio station and it had its own sound and vibe. And I mean, you know, New York, you know, not just with the um, the R and B music. I mean, there were tons of you know hip hop records back in the day that were huge in New York that never really um, made it outside of New York. And I remember having these conversations with with Red Alert. And uh, when the, uh, the Southern rap uh, started getting into New York and I said, well, why do you think that is? And he, he said something to me like, well, because, you know, there's more of the rest of the country than there is of New York. So that movement, when those records, the Young Money records and all that started, you know, going from, you know, different parts of the South, it, it eventually made its way into New York because, you know, that whole movement was just so big around the country. And, they, you know, they... they you know, I, I can get into, you know, modern rap music and stuff like that. And, you know, some people will have uh, different, you know, opinions about it. It's like, oh, it's trash. I don't get trap music and stuff. Look, I love trap music. I'm like banging Blueberry Fago, Little Mosey in my car when I hear it come on a hip hop station uh, here or at Hot 97. And, um, you know, and, and when you talk to adults about that record, it's, it's just like, what are you talking about? But it makes sense to me that, and where I'm going with this. Yeah. If you follow, if you follow the timeline on music, if you if you look at the impact of music on our culture uh, at any period of, in, in time, there were always records that kind of like put you in a certain place. I remember when that came out, that was like the time that we boom, 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 boom. Or I remember when that came out, that was when I met this person. I fell in love with this person. I remember when that came out, I was, you know, hanging out at, at you know, um, the record convention, the Mark Ballroom. I remember when that came out, I saw Crystal Waters at the Palladium and she came out with this big face and the eyeballs going up and down and stuff. I remember when this record came out, I was at Club Zanzibar and I saw Black Box performing um, Everybody, Everybody. And they had a model on stage that was like lip syncing the song. And I believe that night Martha Wash was in the building pissed off that they used her you know, the model instead of Martha on the stage to perform the record. I heard so about that story. I was there. I was there. You I were actually there. there. I, was at, I was actually there. So wow. my, my point is, is that when you start talking about records at any period in time, I mean, this like this hip hop R&B record that, that we play on um, ISOL that nobody in New York really plays is the uh, TCF crew, I Ain't The One. Maybe Red mm -hmm. Alert and, or Chuck 
for some of those cats when they play it. But TCF crew, that record was like banging on Kiss back in the 90s and stuff like that. And I remember at parties and stuff like that, man, and, and, and hearing that record come on and people would like lose their mind. Now, you know, you, you fast forward to today, some of those records had, you know, uh, a limited space and time that they that they were, you know, relevant or whatever. I don't know what happened, but you know, it's still great to hear those songs um, today um, and, and keep them alive in some kind of way where, you know, it, it, it takes people on a, on a on a memory journey back to, you know, something that they felt good about. Hearing You Can Call Me Crazy by Guy being played at Bentley's one night with um, Kevin Sugar Daddy Woodley, you know, playing uh, that record or the stories that you even hear like, you know, the even if I didn't experience these stories about the music on ISOL, there are people that tell me stories. There's a story that Kevin Woodley, Sugar Daddy, told me about when um, I Wonder If I Take You Home was first played in the club at Bentley's and how the PD took the song, I believe, off a cassette, brought it to the radio station and put it on a, um, a cart. That's what they were using back then. Put it on a cart and it played on the air. Like that night, it went right from the club, right on the air on Kiss. And then that program director, I th- believe it was Barry Mayo, brought the tape back to him at the club. So, you know, there, there's so many stories about that, that, you know, that shape our lives. That's the thing, Carlos. These stories in the music, help shape our lives. And it's almost like as if it's like the, you know, uh, the, the cool, great soundtrack to your life. And, um, it, you know, those are the kind of things that, that you look back on those memories and you feel good about it. Um, so, you know, when you have, um, you know, I got off on a tangent, but when you're talking about so- cities, cities that have their own sound, everybody in any part of the country, they have records that tell the story of their experiences in those cities. Now, I also programmed in Birmingham, Alabama. Now, let me tell you, that was one of the greatest experiences in my life because after being in New York for 11 years, I got to New York in 88 and I left in 1999 or at the end of 99 and started uh, as program director with my first programming job at 98.7 KISS in Birmingham. And some of the radio station was um, patterned around uh, 98.7 Kiss in New York. It was smooth army and classic soul. It had the same logo. So the general manager, David DuBose, felt that I was a good match uh, as a program director for that station because I understood how 98.7 Kiss in, in Birmingham worked. But the biggest learning lesson for me, once I got to meet the personalities, the lifestyle down there, everything was so different and especially the music where I remember hearing Johnny Taylor records on the air and I did not know that Johnny Taylor was still making records and I would hear these records and I would say why are we playing these Johnny Taylor records he hasn't made records in years and you know I didn't think that they were hit records until I went to a blues concert like my first month all right so um Johnny Taylor still making records and there were artists like Bell Waiters. And, and I went to this concert in uh, outside of Birmingham, Anniston, Alabama. And there were like, it was like the side of this warehouse. It was dark in there. And all the, it was a big, there was a big stage and all these blues artists were performing on the stage. And I don't know if Johnny was there that night, but there was this one artist named Mel Waiters who had passed away a few years ago. But Mel Waiters had this really big record called, uh, actually it was two, Got My Whiskey and Hole in the Wall. And I'll never forget the first time I heard Got My Whiskey. I mean, I was with uh, the DJs at the station, one in particular, Oliver Brewer, OB the Master Brewer. And you know, he was, was kind of like showing off to me. It was like, hey, you know, Northern guy, check out what we got here, man. We got the big concerts. We got the beautiful women. You know, we got the fun party people. And we got this music, this blues music. You got to check this out. And when Mel Waiters, uh, this may have been like after like uh, six rum and cokes, um, Mel Waiters performed Got My Whiskey. And I'll never forget when I heard that song, the way the saxophone started. And guess what it did, Carlos? 
it took me to all those great experiences that I had in New York that I just talked about at Zanzibar, the Palladium, the Underground. When I heard that song, Got My Whiskey, and I was in that place, I had my first great experience in Birmingham, Alabama, that a song connected me to a great moment in my life at that venue, just because of the vibe of the people and stuff like that. So hearing that song, Got My Whiskey, I played it on my show. And then I would talk to, you know, the listeners about experiences being at the concerts and and the, the clubs in Birmingham. And I became, you know, pretty popular as a DJ down there. As a matter of fact, I still have a lot of, you know, people that were um, uh, friends of mine and listeners in Birmingham that I still take, stay in touch with. Um, you know, because the music there, there were so many great records, you know, then I heard Johnny Taylor records that were just amazing. Running Out of Lies by Johnny Taylor. Doom, 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 doom. Running out of lies, lies, lies. Hard to think of an alibi. And I heard these records and I was like, wow, man, all of those records spoke to my soul. And that's the thing with music, man. It's like when you hear, no matter where you are, I could be anywhere in the world and I hear a song that speaks to me. And there was so many records in Birmingham that never really got outside of Birmingham. They had their own music scene and it was just so powerful, man, just hearing that stuff. Um, you know, the Bobby Womack records. Um, I, you know, I would do interviews with these artists when it, when it came through. I did like one of the last interviews with, um, with Johnny Taylor before he had passed away because he, he had done a show in Birmingham uh, like maybe two months before he had, he had passed suddenly. And we were talking about a record that he had made um, called Soul Heaven, where actually after he had passed, one of my DJs had put callers on the air and the caller had brought up that record Soul Heaven, which was Johnny Taylor singing about, you know, when my I pass in this life, I'm going to be amongst these greats celebrities, these, these other R&B singers that, that were epic and iconic, and I'm going to be amongst them singing in soul heaven. And he made the record before he had passed away, obviously. And, and you know, hearing that uh, played, uh, when I hear it today, it still reminds me of the interview that I did, seeing Johnny Taylor perform live and the telephone interview that I did with him. I, I have an interview I did with Bobby Womack, too. And, and you know, and that whole blues, gospel, jazz kind of vibe in Birmingham, it really put me in a good space. It was different than New York. It wasn't the club. It wasn't the disco. It was more church, family, community, um, because it was more accessible there, I guess, different than New York, where, you know, to get from one community to the other, you got to jump on a subway train and fight hours of traffic, whereas Birmingham, you know, you can drive in your car and go from one person's house to the other in, in no time and listen to the radio and you know, and you, you, you're just seeing trees and, and you know, communities and houses and, and stuff like that that made you feel like you're in a, in a place where it's warm and, and, and receptive to Black people, Black culture. Um, and, and it was just a, a, a beautiful thing um, to, to be in that environment. I was in Birmingham for four years and made a lot of friends. And, uh, and and still, you know, to this day, I, I do voice work for the radio station down there, and I, I communicate with that uh, the, 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 my, my Birmingham radio family there, and I and I'm grateful that I'm I'm still part of it. And then when we talk about music, and we can talk about the memories of the songs and and Big Head Hundreds, another Johnny Taylor record, you know, it it, it takes me back mm -hmm. to 2000. Uh, between 2000 and 2004, when I was there, um, meeting people and great experiences. I mean, we we were I was there during 9/11 and sharing that experience and trying to get through that with um, you know my air staff. We had taken all the music off the radio station and just talked to listeners and talked to each other for like 24 hours straight. Um, you know, those are the kind of things that when you look back on it, you say, "Wow, we were like family." And and those songs were part of the soundtrack of, of what brought us together as a family during those times. So you think about it, you know, I could go all the way back to AM radio, WWRL, and talk about 
a record by a touch of class or ultra high frequency or some of those Gary Bird songs. And then I could talk about songs that I heard for the first time in Birmingham, Alabama, that had the same special kind of meaning. And that's one thing that we just got to think about, you know, in relationship to music. You know, I think it's important for people to still discover music today and, and um, you know, find those songs that even though 2020 has been a freaking curse for a lot of us, you know, we, we still need to find one great song that we relate to that, that connects us to a, a good, positive moment even if it was for a freaking hour that we can say, you know what, in 2020, this one good thing happened. You say you lend your voice. Yeah, I do voiceover yeah. work. Uh, yeah. But you also lend it to other radio stations. Now, is that a part of your consulting work that you... I don't no, know you the, voice, the voiceover, with the exception of WYBC, where I am consultant and the voiceover guy, um, usually it's either or. Okay. The now, stations that I consult hire me for consulting. The stations that I do voice work hire me for voice work, but they never really hired me for both, with the exception of WYBC and New Haven. What is the difference between a PD and a consultant? Uh, consultants usually work independently, uh, program director. Like I'm program director here in Philadelphia. I work for Radio One, uh, and then I consult uh, other radio stations. Uh, that, you know, have me contracted to work for them as a consultant. Okay. But you you just consult. You don't tell them, hey, can you do this, do that differently, so forth. It's a well, program director to make up their mind on how to program the station. You know, I don't really get into that. I, I like to use the, you know, the approach of collaborating with the, uh, the, 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 programming, uh, the, the programming team. Um, in any consulting situation that I've been in, um, I work with the program director and I don't give like, you know, specific instructions to like do this. That's not really what consultants do, but you know, there may be consultants that do that. Um, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't even speak to that because it, it I guess to some degree involves, um, you know, confidentiality in how certain companies operate. So, for example, if I were instructed to um, have a uh, program director play, um, or, you know, change an in, in air personality around, or put this person in this time slot, another in another time slot, even though that's never happened, you know, those are the kind of things that you would not have the discussion just from a business standpoint. You know, you, you can't reveal those kind of things. But that will be up to the program director, not you. Well, you know, it, 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 I, I'll take myself out of it, but right. I could imagine in some companies it's it's a, a collaborative effort. Uh, it could be the programming management in the uh, within the company. With the consultant, I'll give you an example. Uh, whatever happened with um, CBS FM when they turned to Jack FM, mm, um, yeah. you know, and then they went back to CBS FM. Mm. But they had consultants when that whole thing went down, and there were DJs, including Cousin Brucey, that went away. So either the consultant or their consultants, their programming uh, executives, um, and there may or may not have been a decision from the program director uh, as to that going in that direction. I'd have to go back and read all the stories. New York Post, the Daily Mail, uh, not Daily Mail. Uh, Daily uh, News. Daily News, yeah. yeah, to see what had actually happened. And I'm sure that we can Google that and find all kinds of names of all kinds of people that were involved in that whole decision. Um, my name is not in there. And uh, so, so uh, I, all I can say is that I can I can give you examples of what you're talking about, probably and likely did yeah. happen. Yes. Yep. Um, Frankie Crocker, you said this yes. to me off the air. You had a lot, not not a lot of stories, but some stories to say about the legendary Frankie Crocker. Give us some examples. So, around 1998. Frankie left BLS, um, and there was a friend of mine, Maurice Singleton, that uh, mentioned to me, hey, what if we could get Frankie Crocker over at KISS? And I was, like, totally blown away by that. It was a, a, an interesting thing because 
maybe Frankie's management or manager, and I don't know if I don't remember if Marvy Singleton was actually managing him or negotiated the deal or how that was. There was also a guy named Sparky Martin that was friends with Frankie, and I don't know how that was uh, tied in either. Um, but long story short, Frankie. Uh, did a deal to work with Kiss. He was going to do a weekend show, which I produce, the Classic Soul Countdown. Frankie would also host shows, and Frankie would do the um, Frankie would do the voiceovers for Kiss. He became the voice of Kiss. So it was a really big deal. But I remember the first day when Frankie showed up in the radio station. I may have met Frankie briefly before, but this was one time when I came out to the lobby to bring him back to the studio. I was the production director at KISS at the time. And Frankie was sitting there by himself with the script in his hand. He turned around, looked at me and says uh, something like, you know, hey, young fella, are you ready? And then we talked briefly about, you know, just the, the, he was very professional, always super professional about, you know, what was um, expected as far as, you know, uh, doing the voice work for 98.7 KISS. So it was just blowing me away that, you know, Frankie had, had you know, come to KISS to the studios just to do the voice work thing because, you know, it's Frankie Crocker, you know, we, we would think that he was going to take over afternoons or, you know, do a show. And he was just such a humble person where he was you know, like, hey, let's knock this voiceover thing out. And he did a phenomenal job, but there was something that happened before he did, he came up to the station to do voice work. Um, we did our first session with him, me and the uh, production director at, at Hot 97 at the time, Alan Wilson. Um, we, we did a session with Frankie on the phone. And... Frankie was giving us the, 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 the voiceovers in a soft, smooth kind of way because that was the sound of WBLS. You know, WBLS. Remember World's, well. <laughs> yeah, you know, 107.5, WBLS. And everything that he did was smooth. And when he was doing 98.7 KISS FM, it just did not sound like the radio station. The mm -hmm. stage KISS was more you know, energetic, and Frankie came in with a smooth delivery. So when we were trying to coach Frankie over the phone, Alan Wilson, white guy in his 30s at the time, and didn't have much of a voice, but Alan's like the, one of the coolest people. Me and him stay in touch with each other to this day. Um, and and he, he gives Frankie this uh, example. All right. You know, Frankie say 98.7 Kiss FM with more energy and like, you know, we're bringing you the biggest blah, 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 blah. And Alan had no voice at all. He sounded like, you know, a kid from the suburb. And then after Alan goes on, it's like, yeah, and this is the biggest concert. Nah, 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 nah. This is pause on the phone. And it was like, you know, Frankie had disconnected or something. But then we heard him say, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> to um, Alan, I assume. Yes, I almost <laughs> lost a lung laughing. And it was, <laughs> and even Alan had to laugh. <laughs> and we all laughed. Oh, but so it really funny. broke the ice, man. It was like, wow, Frankie Crocker, he's got a sense of humor. <laughs> but wait, so then I say, well, Frankie, let's try this. Mm -hmm. How about we do it like back in the day, Frankie, I'm sure you've done like uh, car commercials on WWRL, man. I said, give me some AM radio hype. Like, you know, you're like you're you're selling cars or something. He's like, then he went into this thing. 98.7 Kiss FM. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, man. And he slayed it. Mm -hmm. So my description <laughs> to Frankie was give me AM radio. And he he got it, and and even with with the style of I Soul today, you know we bring that. We got a damn jingle on the station. I Soul Radio goes mm -hmm. into a song. That's AM radio, man. That that's yeah. and why that's so cool is because that style of radio is entertaining. It's showmanship. It's mm -hmm. like 
you know, knowing that, you know, you know, Frankie Crocker can put the showmanship with his voice in those announcements, the TV commercials we did for kids. The, well, I'll never forget when uh, we had um, James Brown at the Paramount and Frankie came out to introduce them. People screamed. He came out with a purple suit on and, and the crowd was going crazy. And Frankie was like, you know, hey, it's Frankie Crocker. And he came out with the energy. People were floored. He knows how to do this kind of stuff. Um, he he um, hosted a, a party when I, uh, uh, it was uh, Fela or Femi, one of the two um, were, were performing at uh, the sh- uh, shelter, Femi, I'm going to say it was Femi Cootie, and Frankie hosted it. He had a parrot on his shoulder, and he was like a parrot on his shoulder, and he was rocking the broadcast. He was doing the, like the live broadcast saying, Frankie Crocker, we're live from the shelter, and Femi Cootie's coming up tonight, and he had that soul in his voice and stuff showmanship where the you know that's the thing with iso you know carlos you saw that night we, we hosted that uh party up in westchester county that concert with yes. lisa morgan mm-hmm. of course indeed you were there that night yes i was i saw radio hosted that damn show showmanship mm-hmm. me and bow-legged lou walking out on the stage we're talking to the crowd hyping up the radio station all the parties that we've done uh at the inkwell with kevin sugar daddy woodley diana king ken webb johnny allen vi higginson showed up all the parties that we've done with felix fernandez at at sobs and 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 Hot with Joe, uh, you know, uh, jocks on the station that were my students at Hot 97 that are now on the radio station came out on stage, you know, people like Terry P, um, Brooke Smith, um, um, Ken, Chris, you know, Mark Coleman, you know, these are the kind of things why, you know, when people look at the, the, the ISO radio Facebook page, why does that all tie back to Frankie Crocker BLS and all that? Mm-hmm. It's because radio is entertainment. It's the showmanship, man. It's like, you know, you can sit behind a microphone and be cool and stuff. But, we, you know, what, what what's really great about the music and the experience is that it's part of the culture where it's, it's all around the entertainment, where if ISO radio brings out Tony Lee one night at, at, at SOBs to do his new song, That's Some Cool Shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of things that people will will remember the radio station for. It's like, oh, we got a surprise for you. We got Tony Lee, the guy that did Reach Up, got his new record, and you know, you you make it happen like that. Or that like that concert in Westchester County. Hey, it's ISO Radio. You know, we gave out T-shirts. We go out there on stage, talk to the people. Mm-hmm. You got to keep doing that cool shit because radio, especially black radio, and I, I'll say this because. ISO's audience is not just black. It's, it's you know, all kinds of people, you know, uh, and, and it's it's Hispanic, mm-hmm. it's, it's white, it's straight, it's gay. You know, everybody that loves the music and the experience, and that's who we, we, we talk to because it's, you know, going back to those experiences that people had with, you know, Frankie Crocker and WBLS and the shows at the Apollo and the club events and and Bobby Brown concert at Madison Square Garden during the the the, the 80s with Ken Webb and Jeff Fox on stage and and um, and the parties at the Underground with, with with Foxy Brown performing Sorry and and all the shows at the Paradise Garage. Everybody's got a story around the music and seeing these shows and and what they were doing back then, and and we we still want to capture that today. Now I'll be honest with you, I don't I don't know what the whole social thing is going to look like with the party scene mm-hmm. with the uh, you know post Corona, but um, we, we're going to figure out something. You know, we're, we're going to figure out how to still be social and how to you know still um, you know capture great moments in in that this is the most important thing that i'm saying about all this going back to frankie crocker and and bls and kiss and all that stuff and what isol is today man you, you the radio station ra- great radio stations will always be the one of the driving forces behind those great experiences in people's lives and you yeah. can never take that away. Even, you know, you look at Hot 97 and Summer Jam, there's people like myself that look forward to that every year. Radio stations have to be that. Now, I'm going to fire some shots at some radio stations in New York that, you know, didn't... didn't Fire away. Yeah, you know, they don't really take take advantage of, of, you know, getting out in front of the people and stuff, and and their ratings aren't aren't that good because you can't just run radio stations off of uh, a computer. 
uh, and have uh, you know people talking uh, or being on the air from from different cities and stuff. You know that really doesn't work. E even when you know I came here to uh, Philly, I'm on the air now doing a, a midday show. But prior to me being on the air here, I walked out on stage at concerts not because. I had any reason to because the opportunity was there and I asked the manager, yo, can I just introduce blah, 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 Raheem Devon? He's like, yeah, sure. I just love being around people. So as a program director, and and I'll say this, you know, a lot of program directors that I, I, I work with, they, they love the audience um, that, that, they're, that they're programming to and they get that. And and it's you know it's those uh, that that connection that bond those memories that you have as a program director with your listeners that that also means a lot. Mm -hmm. You mentioned personalities. I remember back when Paco and Roscoe at KTU, yeah. Leonard, uh, G. Keith Alexander. I can go on and on and on. The legendary Vaughn Harper. Yeah, now, those are people and personalities. And I will never forget. And that's essentially what I miss. <laughs> but I, I miss about current radio right now. And I'm not hearing that. But I'm I'm getting it back with ISOL Radio. I'm a part of it. But it's it's what you were saying. And we need to get back to that. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, because I consult Emma's, um, the Emma stations, I, I'm always going to be supportive of, of, even if I weren't, um, consulting uh hot wbls i'm, I'm going to be supportive of, of that emma's family because i i've been with them uh for so many years um so i'll say people like bugsy great personality shayla deja vu um you know there, there are people at that radio station that still make a a, a great connection with the audience and, and you see you know i follow them on social media and i see them out and about with um, you know the listeners and taking pictures with them and hanging out and you know even like the street teams at, at a lot of these radio stations the promotion teams that that get out with the listeners and take pictures and give away prizes and all that stuff it's important and you know Hot ninety seven Funk Flex um, Ebro uh, uh, the the rallies that that uh, Nessa has uh, put together with with Colin Kaepernick and you know there's um, there's still that that connection between these radio stations and and uh, the community. Uh, Ebro just did a, a very great town hall with with uh, Reverend Shopton. You know, during this uh, you know um, this um, racial uh, police brutality crisis that we're dealing with. So um, you know, they, those are the kind of things that when we think about our role or our responsibility behind. Um, the microphone, um, those things are just so important. It's really, at the end of the day, all about the people. And, and you know, if there are program directors, and I've heard this before, you know, program directors that, you know, play the music that they want, whatever city they go to. And I thought I was going to do this going to Birmingham. I was going to go in there and, and shape the sound of the city or whatever. It's like, no, you got to really respect the people in, in that city and, and, and make your radio station sound like it, it fits that community, those neighborhoods, those people. That's the most important thing. Um, I'll, I'll give a big shout out to uh, Skip Dillard um, at, at WBLS and, and Pio at, at Hot 97. I've watched him pick Afrobeat records that nobody was playing in regular rotation that you know became the sound of New York. And, and he took... Uh, chances on on songs, or I thought they were chances, you know, calculated chances, but songs like Unforgettable by French Montana and Sway Lee. Hey, if you're in your uh, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and you don't know what that record is, listen to it on YouTube, and you will hear that is a classic New York record that 20 years from now, 30 years from now, that record will still have meaning and value in New York because it, it's got that whole Afro-Caribbean thing, like it's um, an R&B, like the Soul Makosa thing. It's like those records will always speak to New York. And that record was huge in New York, where I remember playing it at the Inkwell one night for an adult crowd in their 50s, and they were grooving to that record. So, you know, I know when I, you know, I can 
talk about it from a research standpoint, but my vibe, and I thank God for this, is that I can get out in front of people and actually see how they react to the music throughout time and history. I can talk about, you know, records from, you know, I still play in the clubs, uh, Mainline by Black Ivory, or even probably the oldest record I play might be, uh, geez, what would that be? I don't know. Something from the Jackson 5, for example. You know, you, you throw on ABC or I Want You Back at the Right Time, people are, are going to bop to it. All the way up to a French Montana, Sway Lee, Unforgettable. You know that, you know, what I'm saying is true. It's because, you know, it, the, the music speaks to the soul and the radio stations are like the the, the transmitters, the light or the beacon that that brings that vibe and that energy to, to people and you know spotify and, and all this all the streaming services they can do some of that but I, I believe that when you have the personalities and the people behind it that also make that connection it's like they're holding their hand you know while we're going through these tough times and stuff that's what makes the difference it's not just a computer algorithm spitting out songs it's the people behind those radio stations, the, the, you know, throughout history, the Frankie, the Vaughn, the G. Keith Alexander, the Vi Higginson, the Chris Welch, the Johnny Allens, you know, the, the names go on and on and on. Ken Webb, Jeff Fox, um, Bugsy, you know, Shayla, uh, uh, Funk Flex, uh, Nessa, uh, Megan Wright, uh, Bobby Trends, T.T. Torres, you know, I, 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 I could sit here all night and, and mm-hmm. you know, T.T. Torres, um, and, and how she organizes the, the Who's Next events with Hot 97 just to present new upcoming talent, you know, hip-hop artists that may blow up years from now. Some of them aren't even here with us anymore, like Pop Smoke and stuff. But those are the kind of things that are important, you know, so that those experiences, man, with, with, with you know, seeing Fetty Wap come out on stage at the end of Summer Jam the year that Trap Queen was so hot, people don't forget those things, Carlos. Those are life experiences mm-hmm. tied into the music. And and I'll leave on that note. <laughs> it's after nine o'clock. But I told you, man, I got some stories, and there's a lot that I I, I, I know. even forgot about. I you know. know. <laughs> uh, yes, you did. One last thing before I we let I let you go. Uh, you mentioned COVID nineteen, <clears throat> and you also mentioned the unrest. Uh, how has radio played an impact, especially ISOL, is what we're talking about now? How much has that helped? during this time it helps a lot and there's a couple of different ways to do it thank goodness and this is going back to what you were saying uh, or i was just talking about with um, pandora and stuff like that we have great personalities on the radio station that talk about these things from their heart and from their their experiences so um whether it's Terry P sharing her experiences with what's going on with the, the COVID crisis. You know, we can tell people wash their hands and, and wear a face mask. But, you know, um, like Friday morning, I was talking about Starbucks, like not allowing their baristas to wear Black Lives Matter uh, matters um, T-shirts. And the memo that went out, even though they support other causes, I talk about that on the air and and. You know, I get comments from listeners that say, hey, I'm glad that you you, you, you you talked about that. And all of our DJs do that. You do that on Sunday morning. We talk about things uh, that are real and what's happening right now. And, and it's where, you know, people are where their heads are now. So it keeps us current. You know, every week we do our, you know, shows. We update our shows. There's no shows that repeat on the radio station when the DJs come on because you can't take, especially with the way 2020 has been, you can't take a topic from, you know, last week and repeat it this week. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's DJs that can't make it on sometimes and then there's no show, but I'd rather have no show on the radio station than uh, an old show and people are like saying, hey, you know, it, it, it sounds like uh, they're talking about something last week. So it's just staying connected, man. That's that's the thing. And that's with all radio stations. I wish we can do more. That's why I'm sitting up here messing around with the uh, the other um, computer transmitter now to see if, you know, we can configure some things to even get a podcast like this on the air or when we're, you know, broadcasting live from somewhere to address things in a, in a deeper kind of real-time way. You know, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're small. But, you know, then I work with other radio stations like the station I have here in Philly, we just had a uh, panel discussion with black women in law enforcement, like the, the police commissioner, the, um, uh, the, the the county commissioner, the sheriff, 
the the parole commissioner, you know, four black women talking about uh, law enforcement here in Philadelphia and how we're going to move forward. I mean, that was a powerful statement, uh, you, you know, with the um, moderator, Solomon Jones, um, that, you know, has never been done before. So, you know, we, any uh, radio station that you're involved with, uh, any market that you work in, any city that or people that you connect to, you just got to find a way to do it. Jay Bixon Dixon, tell them the radio station you were at. In I, so uh, in Philadelphia, it's Classics 1079, and it's 100.3 R&B. And from and 6 to Radio. 9 a.m. Yep, Friday morning. Yes. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Carlos. All right. Special thanks to Jay Mixon Dixon. That was a lot of fun. Remember, he's on from 6 to 9 Friday mornings, and I am on from 9 a.m. to 12 noon on Sundays on iSoulRadio.com. Another thing, Lisa Myro's lawsuit, remember I talked about that on April the 22nd, is gone through. The federal judge will hear the case, and we wish her the best of luck, and I'm going to hold her to do my podcast when all is said and done. Hey, you all have fun. Take care. That was the Carlos Ortega podcast. P.S. I'm sorry about the no introduction. It happens. It happens to a lot of people. It happened to me. So please don't hold it against me. Take care. This has been the Carlos Ortega podcast. Hear me on Spotify and Google. Show me.